listening to 30 on Broadway, Talking Blue Shirts, on the Face Off Hockey Network. All right. Wow. Nick's got a fresh cut over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see it through the shadows. <laughs> Nick is I like, am, I am the, the hero there. Yeah, that's right. I am the hero that just without Rangers... Bruce Wayne's money. Right, and my or parents Charming are alive. Uh, no, first off, I have better looks. Second off, <laughs> my parents are actually alive. So thank you. You. <laughs> oh. Rep. All right. So, hey, everybody. Welcome to an all new episode. As that's, you know, that's just how we do it here at 30 on Broadway. What? Okay. Look, I am the hero that Rangers Twitter needs, but not the oh, one it deserves on. right now. But not the one that it deserves right now. I am a watchful yeah. guardian, a silent protector. Okay. The Dark Knight. The uh, Cleveland you know Guardians. No. Because like guarding anyway. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Guarding America from the north, from they're, Canada. There. Oh God, I was about to make a really bad joke, but I'm not going to. I'm just gonna. All right, know, let's just get, let's just up in there. Eastern Conference Final is underway. Sorry if I sound like terrible. shit. My voice is still hoarse from Friday. What was it? Friday. Yes, it was Friday. Friday. Friday night, game two at the Garden, where Nick, once again, pulled off a little box office magic. I don't know how he does it. He does it. I don't ask questions. I don't don't really – I don't want to know the answers. But he just somehow finds a way to do it. Um, So we were able to get in the building for game two. We did not have plans to do so. But Nick, as usual – is a derailer of plans. This one was a good one. This was a very good one. Well, first but off, I, Nick never does anything with a plan. Let's just be in that way. I really am like the Joker. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? No, you don't. You know, ever. Exa- exactly. No. Which is fine. It's okay. You have nice face. It's okay. Thank you, Jean Claude. Yeah. You, you do things with that, whatever. All right, so the Rangers take the opening two games of the series. Um, they stun the Tampa Bay Lightning at home, on home ice at the Garden. Um, before we get into game three, which was, I, to be honest, I, I really wasn't all that surprised. Um, I just got to say a couple of things. Um that was your first. That was your first taste of playoff hockey at the Garden. That was my first taste of playoff hockey anywhere. Oh, okay. That was my third, third at the Garden. Um, and countless other playoff games with like the Wolfpack when I lived in Connecticut. First time, first time, long time. Um, dude, that building was fucking off the walls for Game Two. Yeah, it was. I, it like, was loud. And, you know, sitting there just kind of dumbfounded in awe. I mean, 
from the warm-up, the buzz in the building from warm-ups. Uh, hell, leading into it, leading into it, the buzz on the train. My train was loaded with Yankee fans and Ranger fans because the Yankees were playing, who absolutely blew up. I think the Detroit Tigers yep. annihilated them. The, the train was loaded with Yankee fans, and I, I get on, I get on the train in Fairfield, and I'm like, "Why the hell is this train packed?" And I'm looking, and I see Ranger jerseys, and then I'm looking, and I'm like, "Pinstripes!" I'm like, "Oh, yeah, the Yankees are playing too." I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun time." And even on the train, there was kind of a buzz. Everybody around me was talking, and they're all like, "Do you really think, you know, the Rangers can pull this off and win two in a row?" Can they snap the Tampa Bay Lightning win streak? You know, Jesus, if we win this one, we're two games away from the Stanley Cup final. And it was like, you know, a lot of people were like, there's no way. There's no way Tampa's going to fall flat. Like, are they? Like, but there was, so there was like a genuine buzz. You get into the city, and you see people are all over. We get into Mustangs, and, you know, the place is jumping right off the, right off the bat. <clears throat> the Revo drink. I introduced Nick to the Revo prickly pear drink at Mustangs. Delicious. Very good. Just, you know, I could just, it's basically a glorified shot in like a, like half sort of kind of martini glass, I guess you would say. No, it's not a martini glass, but yeah. But it's, it's like one of those little like fluted, like fluted glass, whatever, whatever. But I mean, I, I think I have four of them. You had you three. Had two. No, you had three. three. I had two. Yeah. Okay. Three, four, four score, and I, seven. I was I was nurse. I was nursing mine because I had to drive. Although, uh, yeah, it was just that drives all the way up shout, from Delaware. Yeah. Shout this out guy. to uh, Alyssa for trying to get me to to stay and not drive and get back home at well, a lot of people were like why the hell would you go home like why are you yeah. going all the way back to Delaware ironically he gets back to Delaware just about the same time I get back to that in northwest corner of Connecticut because of train issues that's whatever it's an, it's, an, it's not important but which is funny like the buzz of the atmosphere and everything and then we get into the building, and it was just like we got in right after warm-ups, and you could feel the energy just building. And then when the lights went down just before, and they started doing the, like, pre, pre-show, pre pre-show. Um, and they were, playing, was, they were playing Enter Sandman with, like, a techno beat. Yeah, they were playing Enter Sandman, and then it switched to Baba, and the place erupted. And it was from there on out. The building was freaking electric. And we had, right off the bat, we had that shitty penalty call on Revo, which gave Tampa the lead. Because, of course, they score on the power play. No surprise there. But then, right back. And the thing that has been crazy to me, and I know I'm missing something. I'm going to circle back to it. I feel like the goals... When they've been scored, you see them and feel them coming. Just like game one with the shift, you saw that whole sequence starting to play out, and you were like, there's one coming. The Keandre play, even though the shot was blocked, when he got that puck back, and I can't remember the player, the, the lightning player who was on the ground. Who was Brandon on the Hagel. Yeah, Bagel boy. 
when he was laying out there and he got the puck back immediately, I was like, oh, shit. And he ripped it. Go. I mean, the Mika goal. You, it was like you just saw it. Like it felt like you you were you were kind of like just reading the play before it was happening. You were seeing it all happen. You were Wayne Gretzkying the play of the game. But one of the biggest things, okay, one of the biggest things that I I, I wanted to mention, um, and this has been phenomenal because I don't think it gets enough. You don't really get to experience it on television. John Brancy with the anthem is beyond phenomenal. It is next level, top tier. I have not seen the Garden react or respond to an anthem singing like that since Amarante. Now, John Amarante is the godfather he is the god of anthem singers in my opinion in 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 madison square garden history yeah but that anthem game two in person that just like amplified so it's like i put out a tweet on a 30 on broadway and i was like you know just let this sink in the rangers are two wins away from the stanley cup and like everything is firing on all cylinders literally everything and I meant literally everything. I meant everything. You take the building, the new, the jungle. You, you take the building. You take John. You take the players, the fans. It's like everything is just firing up and culminating into you just feel like something special is, is, is coming, and it's just amplifying more and more. And I know we get to game three, and it's like, ah, shit, we lost the game. But – I look back and I say, that was Tampa's best game that they've played. And it, they needed the power play, really. They needed the power play, and they needed basically 60 minutes to beat us. In a game that they threw everything and anything that they could at, at Shesterkin and at the defense, you know, all the mistakes that we made defensively, and it wasn't just Jacob Truba. We could we, we, we hammer that out. There were a lot of players that did not look good after we went up 2 nothing. We took our foot off the pedal. The, the Rangers went flat. There's really no other there's really no other way to say it. Whether that was a yeah, we're up 2 nothing, we got this one in the bag, we're about to go up 3 zip. You know, young team, you learn a mistake. You make you made some mistakes there. You live you live and learn. But if you sit here today and you're telling me that the Rangers are up 2 games to 1, on the Tampa Bay Lightning, with two wins to go, to get to the Stanley Cup Final, and you only got to win two, Tampa's got to win three. You think Shesterkin's uh, giving up three straight? Because that's what it's going to take to me. That's what it'll take to me for Tampa to win this series. And I said, look, I said Rangers in six. I know you were doing – we're doing our yin-yang thing. You said Tampa in seven. I said Rangers in six. I stand by that. But I do feel like if we come out and win game four, which I put a little bit of emphasis on, we, we kind of need to win game four. I don't think it's a do-or-die must win. But, Jesus, win game four, that'll really kind of solidify it. There's no way. I, I can't imagine 
we give up three straight. Not that it hasn't happened. New York sports fans know all too well it can happen. We've seen it, especially if you're a Yankee fan. But, again, I go back to there's a lot of things special going on with this team right now. I, I just look them, at it like, like you said. Like you said, I, I look at it. It was one game. The Rangers. It was the worst Ranger game that they've played since Game Five of the Carolina series. They had just won four straight games, two of which were do or die, win or go homes. Um, that takes a little bit of juice out of you. So no matter how fresh you are, how young you are, it's going to take some juice out of you. Tampa played their best game so far in this series. And like you said, they narrow. They, it took fifty shots to beat Igor three times, and two of them on the power play. It it took Tampa playing almost a perfect game, and they really they weren't even perfect. They played well, but they weren't perfect. That first period, they threw everything at the Rangers, and the Rangers played a good first period. They played a good part of the second period, and then the third period was just what it was. So. I look at it. The Rangers played well enough. Well, no, they didn't play well enough. They, you know, if the Rangers played like they did in games one and two, the Rangers are up 3-0 right now, and Tampa's on the brink. So I just look at it. Yeah, it sucks that they lost when they could have really taken a stranglehold, but Tampa's not a team that's going away. There's a reason why they're back-to-back cup champs. There's a reason why they're one of the most successful organizations in the NHL over the last 10 years. There, there are reasons for their success. One of the reasons is they know how to play in the face of adversity. They're going to show the Rangers that they're not going to get pushed over. They're not going to go away quietly. They're not going to slink off into the night. This is a team that if the Rangers want to win the cup, you're going to have to earn it. So, you know, the Rangers saw that, look, they're not going to go away. The Rangers got to be on their game if they want to advance, and I think it's a it's a good lesson to learn at a at a crucial time. And look, the Rangers got on the job training for the playoffs in rounds, uh, and especially in round one, they learned what it takes to win in the playoffs against Pittsburgh, and they learned quick. And you saw how well they put the, those lessons to to work. They were down three one to a veteran team, and they came back and won the series. So this team can learn quick and can learn on the fly. You know, Jacob Truba is not going to have a game like he had in game three, you know, again in game four. Adam Fox, who is usually one of the Rangers' best players, who's been fantastic since the the Pittsburgh series, was awful in game three. Panarin was not good in game three. Kreider admitted it was not one of his better performances in game three despite scoring a goal. So it was just one of those things where the team, I think, was a little bit tired. And when they went up to nothing, I think they thought that they could coast to the finish here because, you know, we have Igor, and Igor's not going to give up three. Well, you, you, you take you take some really bad penalties, and you put Igor on a spot where he really has to make saves and step up, It's it, you know, it's going to be hard to, to will you to a victory. So, you know, you live, you learn. It's not the end of the world. The Rangers are going to be fine. I I, I firmly believe, you know, it, but it all also depends on how they come out in game four. 
they come out lackluster in game four, there will definitely be cause for concern then. But until that, I look, I this team has shown that they can bounce back off a loss, off a bad loss. Just look at how they responded in game six against Carolina. You know, you know, uh, game five against Pittsburgh after getting smacked around in Pittsburgh. So uh, they, they've shown they they've shown that they can bounce back in the face of adversity. So, and the good thing is, you win Game Four. The Rangers have shown that they're damn near unbeatable at the Garden this year. You'd have to feel good going back to MSG up three one. So all when this, when the Rangers took Game Two, all I was looking for was a split going back to Tampa. So they put themselves in that position. They can split in Tampa. And still come home and clinch and clinch the series on Garden Ice. And honestly, that's all you can ask for from this team. Like you know, like I said to you last week before the 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 series started. After beating Carolina and advancing to the conference finals, everything they do from here on out is gravy. Like it just it's the cherry on top, because not only were they not supposed to be this far, they were not supposed to be two wins away from a Stanley Cup final appearance. This year, so you know, I, I'm just happy. I'm excited for the ride. I love what we're seeing. You know, just go out there, play, play like you did in games one and two. Give me that effort. Give me the the, the skating, the crisp passing. Don't be lazy with the puck. Don't be. Don't rest on your laurels if you get a lead. Go out there, finish it, finish it. That's all I want. That's it. Yeah, and I, and I mean, look. I, I, I still, to me, you know, Messier and Chelio said it perfect after the first period. The Rangers played, you know, they bet and bet and bet in that first period, and Tampa brought the house. You had to know that Tampa was going to bring the house, and they came out of that period tied, and Tampa gave them, brought everything. Really, the Rangers shot themselves in the foot going up to nothing and then taking bad penalties. And, I mean, some of them were kind of questionable. Like the Frank Vetrano one, they're calling it. So it's, you know. No, that, that I, I one's like garbage. No. I feel like that's the new tactic for defensemen is let me just shove the attacker into the, into the crease because the ref's going to call it. To me – I looked at that one, and I know on the ref side of the, the – thinking on the objectively here, I think it was a garbage call because I'm looking at it. Vetrano's got both feet opposite direction of the crease, and not only does he do that, he tries to brace himself on the crossbar trying to avoid Vasilevsky, and he doesn't even fully contact Vasilevsky. And, and I looked at that one, and I'm like, you know, I knew they were going to call it. And I was like, well, shit. You, you knew it was going to happen. The, the one I kind of have a problem with, and I know a lot of people dogged him because he had a bad game, the Jacob Truba penalty on, I think it was either Kalorn or Sorelli at the end there, that broke up the four-minute the four power play. That was a bullshit call. And the reason why I'm saying it was a bullshit call is he tripped over his own feet. Truba made contact with him, sure, when he had the puck. And then Kalor, or whoever it was, it was Kalor. gets away from him 
and then stumbles over his own feet and goes down. It wasn't that Truba tripped him. No, was it a bang bang play? Is it like it's like I don't know, but it's it's one of those to me where you're just anything that can go wrong will go wrong kind of thing, I guess you would say. And it is what it is. But like Chelios Messier said, the Rangers, you know, yeah, Tampa was all over them. But they kept them at bay. And not only did they keep them at bay, but Vasilevsky had to hold them in there because defensively, Tampa sucked the beginning in the first period. The Rangers had great A opportunities. I mean, phenomenal opportunities that Vasilevsky absolutely robbed them. That game could have easily been 2 nothing after the first period. And it would have been lopsided because you're sitting there going, well, how the hell could Tampa flat out dominated the first period? Yeah, offensively they did. Defensively, Tampa didn't look good in the first period. There were a lot of plays that could have led to 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 goals for the Rangers. If if it was just either bad puck luck, like I, I for example, the fourth line, the shift with the fourth line where the puck was the scramble in front of the net. And I think I think everyone on the line, I don't I think Mott, Mott Revo and uh Oh, God. Goodrow all Good got row. great top chances. And Vasilevsky made like four saves in that sequence. And every time there was kind of a scramble in front, the Rangers were coming out with the puck. So I'm not sitting here. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, you know what? Game three, you had to figure Tampa had. The, the Rangers are not, were not going to sweep Tampa. You, you couldn't go into this and say we're up two games to nothing and Tampa was going to sweep them. And we're gonna sweep the we're gonna sweep Tampa because you, you gotta have some respect on the other side of the ice. The Tampa Bay Lightning are two time Stanley Cup champions. All right, yeah, we we played phenomenal for the opening two games. Outside of the final five minutes of Game Two, where Tampa went all balls to the wall desperation, that score of Game Two was not indicative of the actual game. I think the Rangers played. The Rangers could have potentially put more up. Um, so I sit there, I look at it, and I say, you know what? Again, you're up two games to one going into game four. You got to be happy where you are. Now, like what you said, if the Rangers come out and fall flat on their face, and all of a sudden we're staring at a 2-2 series tie, we had a key word, key phrase, fall flat on their face, then I am going to sit back and go, oh, boy, this could be trouble. I honestly don't think that's going to happen. And I, and I think the Rangers have kind of shown you this postseason that these losses don't really affect them. But I do kind of use, you know, I said it on last week's podcast where I said a 2 nothing series leading the playoffs to me doesn't really mean all that much. And I'll clarify on what I mean by that because I know a couple of people were like, well, what the hell do you mean? A 2 nothing series lead? Look at the statistics. Yeah, I understand that. The difference to me is you get one. You win one of the next two, preferably game three. All of a sudden, you got a series now. Technically, we got a series. The Rangers win game three. There's no series left. There really isn't. It may be one of those, we're delaying the inevitable. But there's there's no way. I would be absolutely stunned if we won game three and Tampa wins out and reverse sweeps and wins four straight. Could they do it? Sure, they could. Again, defending two-time Stanley Cup champion. But the odds of it are so ridiculously stacked against it. But to me, 
you win one. Now it's a two-one series game. If you can creep some doubt, then you can somehow even up the series. Now all of a sudden you got a brand new series and you got a short one. You now essentially all you gotta do is win two out of the next four or two out of the next three, excuse me. So it's a best of three at that point. That's a toss-up to me. Now, if the Rangers came out and blew them out of the water, both games, game one and two, and then you go into Tampa, then you're sitting there going, I don't see how the hell Tampa could come back from this. And that's kind of what I was meaning by when I say like a 2 nothing series lead to me doesn't necessarily mean anything. And I was referring to the Carolina series because I felt that the Rangers should have split that or they could have very well have been up two games to none themselves. And that's why I didn't sweat it. When they went into game three and four at the Garden, I was sitting there going, I'm not worried about it because they didn't get dominated. And I think that makes a huge difference. Now, it all depends on what happens for game four. Tuesday night's a huge one. I will say this. I want, I want to make two quick points before we, we wrap up. A, Gerard Gallant needs to start running the kid line a little bit more and start sneaking them shifts when he has the opportunity because Tampa does not have a matchup that can really play with the kids. So I, I would start to look to exploit that. And then B, I love Igor, and I'm prefacing this by saying this. I love Igor. I think he's a great goaltender. I think he's going to be one of the best goaltenders in the league and the world for the next five to seven years. I think the Rangers are very fortunate to have Igor. That being said, Igor is earning himself a reputation as an actor for for some of these plays here in the playoffs. And Igor needs to – and I get it. Sometimes you're selling to get the ref's attention, to, to bring attention to some stuff, but it's getting out of control. He needs to stop with the flopping. And I get it. Some calls because there's going to be a play at some point in Igor's career where he's really going to get whacked and he's going to sell it or and he's not going to be selling it. And the ref is going to be like, yeah, well, this is, you know, what he does. He looks to sell to get calls and he's not going to get a call. So Igor really needs to cut down on the, on the oversell. And I get, like I said, I get it. Sometimes you're doing it just, you know, because you want to get a call because, you know, there's contacts so and you're trying to bring the rest attention to it. And I get that. But we were, we went from Henrik Lundqvist who used to no-sell everything. Hank would get bowled over and he popped Sometimes right back up. Like, Come on. Yeah, like there were points where I was like, that's so egregious and there's no call. And part of that was because Hank never sold anything, so the refs never blew the whistle. So it's one of those where you have to know where the line is and you have to rein it in at points. And Igor is at the point now where let, let's start reining it in here because this is getting a little bit out of control. Well, not that. it's scary as shit for a fan. <laughs> You sit there and you're going, oh, my God. Because you know if he goes down. Oh, you know if he goes down. But it's like I go back to the the one earlier in this series where, like, everybody was freaking out, like, oh, my God, Igor. And I'm like, dude, he's fine. Like, nothing happened. He's totally fine. Like, he did, I was like, he did not 
done it a couple times. It's been that's the but problem. It's, like, it's becoming more and more of a thing. It's like it, it's just Igor being Igor and Igor looking to get a call. It was. Which, I want to say it was going to bite you. That's going to bite you I, in the ass. At some point. I want to say it was game one or game two. It was the the Stamkos hit him in the head and like he went down like he was. And I was like, dude, there there was nothing there. It was a love tap from Stamkos. Like there was, there was no real contact there. But it's like it was one of those things where like if the concussion spotter sees it and deems like okay the way he's, uh, the way he's acting. Yeah, if he says, "Hey, uh, we got to take a look at this." Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. You're losing him for five minutes, and like you, you don't. Like you can't afford that, so it's like he's really gotta he's really gotta tone it down. Yeah, I mean, I get it. The gamemanship you want to draw a call, you want to try to do something, but at the same time, you don't want it to become where now all it's of a the sudden boy who cried wolf. You know, it's it's like Marty. Marty was a flopper. Oh yeah, Broder was was the Broder was probably the best flopper of all time. I mean, it was ridiculous some of his stuff, and and and, and Igor is still not even on that level. But like, you, you don't want to get to a point where no, but he's starting to get there though. Yeah, but you don't want it to get to a point where all of a sudden you're like, oh crap! And not only that, you don't want it to get where teams are going to start to take liberties because you're starting to notice Tampa's starting to crash the net real hard, and yep. they're starting to kind of get in there and try to get in there and make a little bit of contact. And I kind of got to wonder, is that maybe a uh, kind of a game plan or a strategy there to, to in hopes of doing something or to catch something? Who knows? But to, well, to pick I back think that, I, I think that's just uh, – I think that's just general. I mean, you, you remember with Hank, every team tried to get in Hank's crease. Like – are you going to take more of a of a liberty there because you know, hey, it could lead to something? Well, I I would if I was the if I was the opposing team, I would look at it from the standpoint of how close do we really want to get to this guy because we know if we even go near him, well, that is true. That is true too. You know, so I it could go the other way too. It could go both ways, but I, I will say this. I, I kind of – I don't want to see Ryan Strom on the power play anymore. Yeah. Duh. I'm, I'm kind of good with that. Well, I, um, I told you – I told you the adjustment I would make, but – Well, well, it's the adjustment you would make. Uh, I, I would play – No, what your adjustment would be. I would put Philip Heedle, especially – like right now because of the way he's been playing, I would put Heedle in Strom's spot as the bumper – and allow because then it allows you a one-time opportunity in the middle of the ice from Zavanajad, who, if you haven't noticed, Tampa's been trying to now cheat to his side. So they're trying to give him the OV treatment of, you know, let's cheat out to him a little bit so we're not leaving him alone because he's just tattooing anything that comes near him. Yeah. And it allows you that one timer where Tampa at least has to respect Heedle's shot there. Because right now nobody respects Ryan Strom. Because the rain literally the Rangers play a four man power play. And for the most part, they play actually a three man power play. It's Panera to Fox, over to Zavanajad, back to Fox, 
over to Panarin. Panarin cross-team to Zibanejad for a one-timer, or it's, you know, Fox, or it's, you yeah, know, Zibanejad. You got Carter from the net for the redirection. Right. So it's like literally, literally Ryan Strom. Yeah, he's just, sitting, he's just sitting in the middle of the ice like, duh. And nobody on Tampa takes him seriously because they know he'll never shoot. Because they know I'll never get the puck. So it's one of those where if if you put Heedle out there, they at least have to respect Heedle's one-time ability from the bumper spot, and then either it allows Heedle a one-timer or it opens up the cross seam because it takes one of the top, you know, one of the guys at the top of the box has to sag in a little bit and, and watch so it opens up that pass from Fox back to Zibanejad. So it's just one of those things that that's a little adjustment that I would make if I was the coach, but you know, I am not the coach. I agree. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, like, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not sitting here concerned. I'm not freaking out. I'm not, you know, say, oh shit, the season's over, or oh god, we're screwed. Like I said, if they go out and they lose tomorrow, depending on how they lose the game, will gauge my level of concern. But I've got a feeling the Rangers are going to bounce back. And they're going to bounce back with a strong game. Because I think the Rangers know, in a certain way, you don't want to give anything. You gave Tampa a, a victory here. You don't want to give them, you know, you give them a little bit. You don't want to give them all of it. And giving them game two and evening up the series, that's too much to give to me right, right off the gate, right off the bat. And you want to tighten it up. You can go out there and play it again and pull out a victory and come back home 3-1 with a chance to win it on home ice and send the Rangers to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 14. In a, in a time where you've got a tire fire going on in the West where you could legitimately see the Rangers could potentially win the Cup. Yeah, with Kadri uh, going down, that's a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big injury for Colorado because we saw last year in the playoffs – what Colorado's like without Nazim Kadri, and they're not nearly as good without him. No, and they and they're. I, I mean, like I said, I felt like Colorado was a buzzsaw, but nobody wants to talk about this. What challenge has Colorado had in this playoffs? You're telling me that Mike. You're telling me that Mike Smith is not a challenge. How dare you? Great goaltender that Mike Smith is. No, but I mean honestly, I mean they, the Predators weren't going to do anything to them. We know that. The Predators you're, were a cakewalk. You're I telling mean, me that Connor Ingram in net does not scare you? I mean, they didn't even get – yeah, I mean, Dave Riddick posted like a 19.19 or something goals against average in the limited action he got. So you, you talk about all this bullshit from these these so-called media experts, and most of them are Penguins. Like, like if the Penguins wouldn't have gotten run over by now, by any team that they would have faced after if they got past us. Like, we're really thinking that the Penguins were going to do anything in this playoff run. Folks, I, I hate to tell you this, but the Penguins' time is over. It's over. It's been over. They're done. The problem is they got Malkin and Crosby, so they'll never technically be done. But they're done. Let's put it let's, – let's, let's face it. And now it's even more so because now they got their, you know, all their little things that are going to be going on this offseason. It's going to make things real interesting for them. But I just find it funny how all these Penguin fans are flipping out. Oh, the helmet. The fucking helmet. Well, look, Pat Maroon lost his helmet last night. Did you see him go run off the ice because he doesn't understand the rules? No. 
He grabbed it right away and put it back on and kept playing. Actually, he did not do it right away, but uh, he no, did he went it. for it. I know he didn't uh, grab it immediately, but he went he, for it. He could have got he could have got a penalty. There was a there was two guys in his way. There was I about mean, twenty seconds that went by. Yeah, I, no, 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 no. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not buying no. that one. But but my point is. Do we really think like and then the people? Oh, the the Rangers never faced real goaltending. They never faced the challenge. Even though Antti Ranta, outside of the advanced stats, because everybody kept bringing up these advanced stats and advanced stats and whatever, nobody looked at the save percentages and goals against averages of Antti Ranta in the playoffs at that point, where it was Vasilevsky, him, Shesterkin, and I think Mike Smith were the four that had the the top numbers. But you look at Colorado has to face nobody in the first round. And then what do they get in the second round? Jordan Bennington gets hurt. They get Huso, who forgot how to play goalie all of a sudden. And Colorado had trouble with with St. Louis. It's not like they ran him over. St. Louis has a little bit more depth in their lineup. Maybe a little bit more of a punch. They might have taken out. They might have taken out Colorado. Colorado's got their goaltending thing now. So I just sit here and I just laugh at this narrative that, oh, only the Rangers have had all these breaks go their way. No. Every team that's still standing, Edmonton, is only in the conference final because Jacob Markstrom couldn't stop a beach ball. I, I mean, let's be honest. Tampa, Tampa beat Florida. Because Florida disappeared offensively, completely disappeared, and they didn't show up for the freaking second round. Well, they also played. They get uh, to test against Washington. They almost got knocked out by Washington. They also Tampa also played noted uh, tremendous goaltender Jack Campbell. Yeah, and then, and then on top of that, and then Toronto fans are like, oh, "Your goaltender was terrible." Go look at the numbers. The numbers are there. They don't lie. They don't lie. So this narrative that the Rangers are catching all the breaks, as if that doesn't happen every postseason. Like, it's it's mind-boggling to me how we go through these narratives. And it's like, I feel like when it becomes like a Ranger thing, the narrative has to change. Like us getting the draft, the lottery. Oh, no, 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 no. Got to change the rules now. Got to change them. Got to change it. Because how dare the Rangers who haven't gotten a lottery pick, whatever? No, uh, no, no. Can't happen. That was our. Last time, was it like the 70s or some shit? Yeah, it was uh, the Rangers. Uh, I don't remember the last. Well, uh, let's put it this way. I don't know. The last the time ever, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I honestly anyways. don't remember the last time the Rangers had a first overall but anyways, pick. Anyways, you have Edmonton getting the first overall pick like half of a decade, you have New Jersey somehow again finding their way back in to the top two. They're getting top picks left and right. You know, all these teams, and yet you got teams like the Coyotes who can't buy a freaking pick, which you would think like Gary Bettman, like why wouldn't you somehow find a way to get them a top pick? But no, 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 don't do that. You know, Detroit, who has been through rebuild, they can't get they can't get it. I mean, 
I, I just I laugh about it because it's like this narrative always has to change. And now this one is, oh, the Rangers only have a power play. The power play is the only thing. When for years all we heard was special teams and defense wins you no, championship. Special, special teams and goaltending. Well, it was Steve defense. But now but now the Rangers have a great goalie. But now so, we have yeah. a great power play, a very good penalty kill, and a great goaltender. And it's like, oh, the other Rangers doing this, man. Oh, they're only winning because they're getting goals on power play. Well, yeah, because what's the one deadly sin of the playoffs? Don't take penalties. Because where can games change on special teams? And it's like now so, you see it again, people are like, this is outrageous. Oh, so now, you know what? So, you know what? Now, uh, Tampa Bay's win is invalidated in game three because they scored two out of their three goals on the yeah, power play. Yeah, two out of their three goals come on the power play, and nobody bats an eye about it. But it's the like, Raiders oh, no, score a power play. The Raiders score on the power play, and everyone loses their minds. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I just I laugh about it. And I, and I laughed about it during the regular season because I just say the Rangers were bad pre-deadline, five on five. And I knew it was unsustainable. But people were, like, killing them for scoring power play goals. And I'm like, what? Like, you remember the years that we went for years where we screamed and flipped out to have a half-assed decent power play? And we begged for it. And now it's like we have it. And people are like, no, I don't want it. Take it back. It doesn't make my charts look good. It's it's, it's ridiculous to me. Right. It is You're fucking ridiculous because you 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 are you are starting to go a little. But I just no, I I just wanted to say I think it's I think it's hypocritical and ironic bullshit that we have people out there that are these hockey minds that are ranting and raving. Oh, New York, the Rangers, blah blah blah, and yet. Every team that is in the conference final right now has gotten there through their skill, their abilities, and, yeah, some freaking luck along the way. Because that's the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's how it goes. That's how it works. That's how the cookie crumbles, according to Jim Carrey. Thank you, Bruce. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I wrong. work in ba- I work in back. I see no smiles. I, <laughs> I just want my bird. All right. I want my bird. That's we my got bird. this. I want. I we got this bird all the way from Russia. Not hey, my man, bird. This is my not bird. my bird. <laughs> I want my bird. <laughs> Give me my bird. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Um, so exciting news on the Face of Hockey Network. We have some new writers joining. None of them are covering the Rangers because Nick is does not play well with others. So that's, that's just, you know, you know that's, that's whatever. But uh, we do have a fun thing that is going to be coming up. Two fun things. For next season, Hockey Craze Radio is making a return. Now, I don't know if you've if you've been around for that long. If you're listening to this podcast, 
and you listened to us back then, please let us know because for next season, we're going to send you something. So if you could, if you could, how about this little, little contest, if you're listening to the podcast and you could tell us what the original roster podcast rosters of hockey craze radio were oh god that's too tough at least just give us one no 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 we gotta make it tough because the og people will remember Uh, we'll send you something we're gonna send you something so if you could do that send us a dm on 30 on broadway on twitter um hockey craze radio is coming back for next season hockey craze radio went off the air in 2014 because of right? some really stupid ass people, yeah. Well, it's whatever, whatever, whatever. That doesn't matter. But Hockey Craze Radio has been, was so we've been doing podcasting for a long time, probably too long. But anyways, we're bringing it back, a little bit of a different format, different style, add some extra elements to it. But Hockey Craze Radio is coming back under the umbrella of the Face of Hockey Network, which of course is the parent of Thirty on Broadway. So we've got that in the works. Um, if you are a podcaster or you're interested in doing stuff with us on that, by all means, jump into the DMs, slide right into them. Don't care. No big deal. The other thing, we on 30 on Broadway are going to have some special merchandise coming out soon. And we're finalizing some stuff, working on some designs, and we're going to have those coming out. So... Stay tuned for more on that. You're and welcome. We will see you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even, I, I, like, you just, you took my breath away. All right. No, no, the, the merchandise thing, the merchandise thing is that, that was my idea. That was Nick's idea. Nick, yeah. Nick came up with the idea and it's a, and it's a good idea. Um, so until now, stay tuned for more information on that. We will see you guys next time. Rangers coming out big. I I feel a big victory coming here for game four. And maybe we'll be talking to you later this week as we are uh, talking some really great news, which I'm not going to say yet because I don't want to jinx it. So let's go Rangers. You're welcome. <laughs>